Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. Well, good evening, Ashlyn. Would you all give it up for Sam and those little friends that just left the room? Super grateful that we get to speak over these little friends' lives, and honestly, they're going to have a lot of fun tonight, so there's that. Well, if I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, my name is Hannah Baldwin, one of the pastors here. And I'm so glad that you're here tonight as we kick off what we call Holy Week, where we take time and we remember what Christ has done for us and the life that he's given to us. And I want to kick off tonight with a thought like this. Uh, uh, what you're connected to determines the fruit that comes from you. I want you to think about that. What you're connected to determines the fruit that comes from you. So think about a toddler when they first start talking. I mean, they're like little human recorders. They just repeat everything that you say, right? And then as they grow up a little bit, they start to retell everything that you do. And every parent in the room is like, oh, yay. Like, that's our favorite part, right? And then as they grow a little bit older, then they're influenced by their friends. And then they start to say thing, things. And you're like, where did you learn that word from? Because what you are connected to determines the fruit that comes from you. And this isn't just true for kids. It's, it's true for you and for me. I mean, there's no such thing as leaving your home life at home and your work life at work. The two get infused it, that because what you're connected to, it just it flows right out of you. And you're connected to both of those worlds. I think about my friends that are teachers. I know every time that we get together, we're going to be talking about students. We're going to be talking about schools. We're going to be talking about parents because what you're connected to, it flows through you. And it's not just true for teachers. It's true for nurses. It's true for parents. They're going to talk about their kids. Grandparents are going to talk about their grandkids because what you are connected to, it flows through you. And this is not just true for relationships, but it's true that you have moral fruit from what you're connected to. There's ethical fruit from what you're connected to. And if you don't like the fruit that you see in your life, well, then it's time to address the root. And that's what we're going to do tonight. Tonight, I want to help you see what you were always intended to be connected to and the fruit that you can have when you're connected to Jesus in this way. And so tonight we're going to look at uh, the last words that Jesus, some of the last words that Jesus spoke. That's what we're doing in this series. We're, we're spending time in the Gospel of John. And the Gospel of John is an eyewitness account of Jesus' life. And there's four of these Gospels. And this one is different than all the others because he spends a lot of time on the Last Supper. He documents these last words that Jesus spoke. And I... You know, thinking that Jesus, John tells us that Jesus knew what was coming. He knew that he was going to be betrayed. He knew that he was going to be arrested. Jesus knew that he was going to die. And in light of all of that information, these are the words that Jesus chose to speak. These are the actions that Jesus chose to do. And in light of all that, I pay close attention to this. I pay close attention because this is what Jesus chose to say and do. In light of all of that. And so tonight we're going to be looking at um, 
We're going to be looking at John chapter 15. And Jesus opens up this uh, section with a parable. And there's two things that you need to know about this parable. And the first one is this. A parable is just a story. And a story, this story is a spiral story. So the way that a spiral story works is it... it it says an idea, it repeats an idea a little deeper and a little deeper, and then it lands at the main point. And the reason why I tell you this is because I'm not going to teach through this passage. Because when you do that, it just gets a little twisty. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say, I'm going to lean into repeated ideas and land at the main point. And for the type A in the room, I'm letting you know that's what I'm going to do. And so... Uh, <laughs> Because I would notice that. Uh, the other thing that you need to know is that when Jesus taught in the parable, there's always three parts. There is a God part, a Jesus part, and an us part. And so there's a word for each one of us to receive tonight and to take into our hearts. And so we're looking at John chapter 15, and Jesus leans into this analogy of a vine. And this is something that his followers understood. They knew like when they, Jesus starts talking about a vine, they probably pictured the temple in Jerusalem. There was the, this magnificent uh, grapevine draping the entrance. And by like magnificent, I mean it was ginormous. It was like the size of me. And it's, uh, it's covering the entrance. And so that's what his followers are probably picturing in this moment. And for them, the temple was a place where you would go and meet with God. And in this parable, Jesus is trying to teach his followers how they are going to meet with God after he leaves. He's trying to reframe it. And so, um, so tonight we're looking at uh, this vine. And now something that you need to know about this vine, this is probably, I mean, not probably, this is what the vine stood, uh, what they understood the vine to be. The vine was a source of life. It was a source of fulfillment. It was, that was where you found purpose. And that's what Jesus is leaning into. Jesus starts this parable. He says, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. Now, there's these seven statements that Jesus makes about himself in the gospel of John. And they're, really, they're, he's declaring them about who he is. He says, I am the good shepherd. He's the, saying, I'm the one that cares for you. I'm the one that's going to take care of you. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I am the light of the world. And I am the true vine was the last statement he made. And the thing is, is Jesus leans into this word true because he's saying that there are other places where you can find, there are other things that you can be connected to. There are other places where you can find life, find fulfillment. And Jesus in this moment, he's leaning into the vine because the vine, remember, is a picture of where you find fulfillment. It's a picture of where you find your purpose. And Jesus is saying, you're going to try to find life in other ways, but I'm the place where you find life. I'm the place where you find that purpose. And you can, you can try to find it in other ways, but it's not going to be life-giving. It's not going to be life-producing. And Jesus is, uh, he's, this is the thing that you need to know tonight, is that your life was always intended to be connected to Jesus. It was always intended to be connected to Jesus. This is where you find that source of life. Sure, you can do life without Jesus, you can do life, but you will always have this void within your heart. And you can, you can be a good person and you can do good things, but your life will always be missing that fulfillment. It will always be missing that purpose. You will be seeking, but you will not be finding because you're not finding Jesus. You're not connected to him. 
And it's kind of like, it's kind of like this apple tree that we have in our backyard. We planted it three years ago, and it's grown a little bit, but not very much. And um, it, uh, besides the fact that it's not apple season, like we know that, this apple tree has never bared any fruit. It has never bared any fruit. Sure, the tree is alive. It has leaves, but it's not doing what it was purposed to do, which is bear fruit. And that is what life is like when you're not connected to the vine. You, sure, you're alive. You're, you have leaves, but you are not bearing the fruit that Jesus has purposed for you to do. Jesus is saying, I am the true vine, and you are the branch. You are the branch. You are always meant to be connected to him. He, he is that place of life, that place of fulfillment. He's that place of purpose. And Jesus is the place. He's the vine that sustains you. He's the vine that nourishes you and strengthens you. Listen, Jesus, he is the only thing that can lift you up off of the ground. He's the only one that can sustain you through the drought. and the, He's the only one that can help you withstand the wind and the waves. Jesus is that source of life for you and for me. And if you've never made that decision for Jesus, where you have made that step to say, I'm going to be connected to him. I'm going to find life in him. I'm going to be in the vine. That's what Jesus is calling you to do tonight. He's calling you to be connected to him because you were always intended to be connected to him. That's the first thing you need to know. The second thing you need to know is that your life was always intended to bear much fruit. It was always intended to bear much fruit. Whether you realize it or not, your life is bearing fruit, good or bad. Whether you're connected to Jesus or not. And our fruit, this fruit shows up in our reputation. It shows up in our decisions that we make, the choices that we made. All, each one of us, we have a wave or a ripple of decisions that we made. And those ripples have the fruit from those decisions that we've made. And each one of us, we, we're surrounded by this fruit. And Jesus in this parable, he's ap- appealing to his listeners and he's saying, hey, let me bear something through you. Let me do something through you. Allow me to bear fruit through you. And in fact, Jesus, he said, you are to bear much fruit, much. And really, there's three requirements in this teaching that we see that that. Uh, for us to follow in order to bear much fruit. And here's the first one. Much fruit requires remaining. It requires remaining. Jesus says, remain in me as I remain in you. Remain in me as I remain in you. This word remain, it means abide. Stay close to me. Stay connected to me. Follow me. Remain in me. And this is probably the most important thing for you to know tonight is that you are to remain in him. Jesus, he says this word remain 11 times in the short little passage. And anytime a teacher repeats a word over and over and over and over, it's because they want you to remember that word. And so the one thing you need to know tonight is that you are to remain. You are to remain because you were always intended to be connected to Jesus. And in order to stay connected to him, you have to remain in him. You have to stay close to him. And Jesus tells us why. Because no branch can bear any fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. 
No branch can bear fruit apart from the vine. The moment it comes off of the vine, it starts to die. You have to stay connected. And Jesus is saying, stay connected to me. Stay connected to me and allow me to do something through you. Allow me to bear something through you. Allow me to bear this this purposeful fruit through you. A fruit that thinks about someone's eternity. A fruit that's bigger than you or me. That's what Jesus wants to do. And uh, Jesus says, if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. You will. It's a promise. Jesus says, if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. So when you're connected to Jesus, when you remain in him, you will never be sort of fruitful. You'll never have one apple or two. You will bear much fruit because you are connected to the one who's the source of life that's breathing life through you. So you will not be sort of fruitful. You will be abundantly fruitful because he is producing and creating through you. That's what Jesus does. And so when you bear fruit, it's not going to be because you are a great branch with a lot of blossoms. It's not going to be because you will it and you want it so bad. It's because you have remained in him and Jesus is bearing fruit through you. So staying connected to Jesus is the only way your life will produce much fruit. It's the only way. And Jesus says, if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Much fruit requires remaining. It requires remaining. So what does this look like? What does remaining look like? Well, for me, I, I wake up early, and I take time to read God's word, and I don't ju- just consume. I invite God to come in and speak to me. I ask his Holy Spirit to come and lead and guide me because I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be the Lord speaking to me. I want him to come and renew my mind, renew my perspective, come and lead my heart and my mind. And the reason why I do this is not because I'm a pastor. I do this because I know the fruit that comes for me when I don't. I do this because I know where my thoughts take me when I don't take time to remain. I know how anxiety drives me. I I take time to abide. I take time to remain because when I don't, my vision gets off. And all I see is where I lack and where I don't measure up and how I don't compare. That's why I take time to remain. I take time to remain because I don't love well when I don't. I don't even love myself well. And so I wake up early, and I pray, and I ask God to come and lead and guide me. I open my Bible, allow his word to speak to me, because much fruit requires remaining. It requires remaining. And maybe that's the word God's speaking to you tonight, is to be intentional about spending time in his presence. Spending time in his word, allowing him to inform your heart and your mind, and allowing him to speak a word to you. Much fruit requires remaining, but it also requires pruning. Requires pruning. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is a gardener. Jesus says, I'm this place, I'm the source of life, and God is a gardener. And uh, the gardener is the one tending the vine. He's caring for the vine. And Jesus tells us that the gardener, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. And while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it will be even more fruitful. So not only are the dead branches cut off, but God also prunes the branches that are fruitful so that they will be even more fruitful. So this is just basic gardening 101, right? And uh, Brandon and I, we don't have a green thumb. 
at all. And uh, unfortunately, we had one gardening fail after another. And I can remember this season where Brandon felt like he needed to prune our bushes. And without fail, it was every Sunday afternoon that I decided to take a nap, Brandon would go prune a bush. And this was a problem because I would wake up from a nap and I would see this bush and it was just like, it was bald. Like, like it was not pruned. It, like, it was shaved. It was awful. And it got to the point where I had to say, hey, you're not allowed to prune today. You're not allowed to, to do that. And um, the point of pruning is for something to be more fruitful, right? Well, we were just hoping these bushes would recover, like that they would just stay alive. That was our prayer in that moment. But I want you to hear this word right now, that when God prunes, it might be painful, and it might hurt because that part of you is alive. It's green on the inside. But God's intent in that moment is to make you more fruitful. He wants to bear much fruit through you. And I can remember when Brandon and I, we had our mentors. They, God called them to move away. They, he called them to go serve at a church in California. And they weren't just mentors. They were are really good friends. We love them deeply. And so we were incredibly sad when they moved away. Sure, we're still friends. It just looks different. And um, we, uh, so when they moved, we we were just, yeah, like I said, we were just really sad. And God, um, God just spoke to us a word in that season that if they had remained, if they had stayed, Brandon and I wouldn't have been able to grow into the leaders that he was calling us to be. We needed to be pruned, and it hurt, and it wasn't fun. And maybe that's the word God is saying to you, that even though you're in the season of pruning, trust him in the pruning. Trust him because there's much fruit that he wants to bear through you. There's much fruit he wants to bear through you. And that's the tension of, of pruning is, is that it hurts. And we might, we might be in a season where we're seeing God's faithfulness and we see a lot of fruit, but then the pruning happens. And then God's saying, hey, I want you to experience another level of my faithfulness. I want you to experience another level of my fruitfulness. And so much fruit requires pruning, but it also requires obeying. It requires obeying. And sometimes I hear this word obey and I step back because I don't know about you, but I spent 18 years trying to follow my parents' rules. Like I was obeying their rules. I, I obey right eating habits and right sleeping habits. I obey driving laws. Like I try not to speed. And when I hear words like obey, it, it, for me it's just driven out of obligation. And that's not really a compelling motivation for me. And I'm a rule follower. So if you're not a rule follower, telling you to obey is probably like even harder than it is for me. And in this teaching, Jesus is trying to reframe the word obey. He's reframing it for you and for me because we don't obey out of obligation. We obey because we follow, we obey because we're following him and we're so connected to who he is. It just flows right through us. It flows naturally. We obey because we have remained. That's why we obey. We obey because we have remained. Jesus says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, 
My words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done. Listen, when we remain in the vine and we hold on to those words that he's spoken to us, those words, that, that term word in this uh, passage is it's the spoken word of God that he speaks directly to you. It's, it's the unique word spoken for you. When we hold on to that word, our hearts are in line. Our hearts are in line with the vine and asking it will be given because we are so in tune with the work that God wants to do through you. And so in order to bear much fruit, you have to be in tune with the work that God wants to do through you. You have to be in tune with it. And you just you don't just hear that word and then just keep it in your heart. You don't just hear that word and just hold it. You have to follow through. You have to do something with it. You have, to, you have to obey. And Jesus said, if you keep my commands, if you obey, you will remain. You will stay connected in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remained in his love. Jesus is saying in this moment, he's saying, he's just asking you and me to follow his lead. The same way that he has followed his, command, his father's commands. He's following his father's lead even though it cost him everything. And Jesus in this moment is telling us he didn't obey out of obligation. In fact, Scripture tells us for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. Jesus obeyed out of an attitude of joy. He obeyed out of an attitude of joy. And Jesus says that we can do the same. We can do the same. He says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. There's a completeness when we obey and we follow. When we obey Jesus and follow his lead, his joy is instilled within us. It's a, it's a, a fruit that we bear in our lives. It's something that's produced in our lives. And I want you to think about this this evening. I want you to think about this, that partial obedience isn't obedience. Partial obedience isn't obedience. Think about Think about uh, just different env- environments where partial imbe- obedience doesn't pass as obedience. So uh, no mom would say a partially clean bathroom is a clean bathroom, right? I mean, my mother didn't say that. And my kid's mother's kid's mother, there's only one of me. My kid's mother wouldn't say that, right? Uh, a, a partially paid bill is not a paid bill. A partially fixed car is still a broken car, Right? Partial obedience isn't obedience. In order to bear much fruit, we have to follow through. We have to, we have to obey. We can't just obey in action either. We have to obey in attitude too. Right now, as a church, we're in this season where we're looking for a place to call home and we're raising funds to be ready to move when God asks us to. And in December, Brandon and I prayed and asked God for a number that he wanted us to give over the year. And God spoke to us separately the exact same number. And so that helped our marriage immensely. And, uh, <laughs> and so we, uh, uh, I, I pay the bills, so I've been writing that check every month. And we've been faithful to give that amount. And it was a big number. It's an uncomfortable number. And, but I have only been partially obeying because my attitude about it has been awful. I have been so stressed out. I haven't wanted to give. I've been mad. Like, God, why did you ask us to give this much? And last week during Brandon's sermon, the Lord just really convicted me in my attitude. 
that word that Brandon spoke, uh, sometimes you stop growing until you start giving. The Lord just spoke to me in that moment, and he led me to this passage in Corinthians, and I want you to read this with me. He says, each one of you should give what you have decided to give in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Listen, God asked me for a step of faith, and I met him with contempt. I wasn't a cheerful giver. I was giving reluctantly. And God was God saying, just trust me. Just trust me. And so I had to repent. I had to repent because I, I know that God is able to bless us, to bless us abundantly, that He, in all things, at all times, He's going to provide everything that we need. That's what God does. And so maybe today this is the word that God's speaking to you. That it's time to stop partially obeying. And it's time to go all in. It's time to go all in with him and trust him. Trust him and be so in tune with what he wants to do that it's just, it just flows naturally from you. So, so to bear much fruit, it requires remaining. It requires pruning. It requires obeying. But here's why all of this matters. Because Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I know some of you are thinking, well, Hannah, you've already said that we could be connected to a vine, and won't they produce a fruit too? I mean, Hannah, I know a lot of good people, and they do good things, and they're doing good fruit, but Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from him, you can do nothing. That word nothing has a very specific meaning. It, it means this is a quantity of no importance. It's worthless. It's worthless. And what Jesus is saying in this moment, he's saying you, you, can, you can live a life following, you can live a life doing these things, but at the end of your life, as you hold it up, it will be worthless. It won't mean anything because you weren't connected to the vine. You weren't connected to him. It was nothing. Listen, what you are connected to determines the fruit that comes from you. What you are connected to determines the fruit that comes from you. It is a byproduct of who you are connected to. It's a byproduct. And Jesus is saying, he's saying, let be connected to me. Let me produce something through you, a fruit that's worthwhile, a fruit that has a purpose. And this leads us to the last thing that you, you need to know, that your life was always intended to produce a fruit with a purpose. It was always intended to produce a fruit with a purpose. Listen, Jesus was missional. He's living on purpose. He's, he's living in a mission, and he's appealing his listeners to do the same, to follow his lead. And he's saying, remain in me, abide in me, and allow me to live through you. Allow me to create something through you. Being connected to Jesus means that you will produce a fruit with a purpose, a, a fruit that has eternity in mind, a fruit that's bigger than you. That's what Jesus is asking to do. And I want to ask you a question. Why do you think the fruit matters? Why do you think the fruit matters? Who's the fruit for? Is the fruit for you? 
I want to ask you this question. Have you ever seen an apple tree eat its apples? No. The fruit isn't for you. It's not, the fruit isn't for the tree. It's not for the vine. The fruit is for the one beside you. It's for the one in front of you. It's for the one behind you. It's for the one who is yet to be. The fruit isn't for you. It's for the one to taste and see. To taste and see what it's like to be connected to the vine. What it's like to be connected to Jesus. That's what Jesus is trying to call us to. Because he wants to produce something through you where others get to experience who Jesus is. And in fact, Jesus in this teaching, he, he shows us what this fruit is supposed to taste like. He shows us what this fruit will be like. It, it's the main point. It's the final command. It's the thing that we are to obey, to obey and it's this. Love each other as I have loved you. This is my command, that you love each other as I have loved you. That's what Jesus is calling us to. And I know some of you are thinking, that's a big subject change. Like we were talking about fruits and vines and apples, which I don't know why we're talking about apples. And Jesus is saying, hey, just hang with me. See where I'm going with this. Jesus says, just as the Father has loved me, as he's demonstrated a love through me, I want to demonstrate love through you. That's what Jesus wants to do. He's saying, he's saying, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Remain in my love. In the same way that Jesus is talking about a vine and a branch and remaining in him, he's saying, stay connected to me. Stay connected to my love. And the thing you got to know about this love is that it's a very specific kind of love. I mean, this is vine and branch talk, right? Like, this is Jesus talking. He's not saying, I want you to be more loving. He's, he's not saying, I want you to love the people around you. He's telling you exactly how he wants you to love. And it's not love others how you would want to be loved. Because that love is still centered around you. You are still the focus of that love. Jesus is saying, love others the way that I have loved you. And when you think about the love that Jesus has loved us with, that love is so humbling. That love, has, it changes you. That love is so deep, like we can't even experience the full depth of that love. A love that doesn't require us to love and return. A love that got down, he got dirty, and he washed feet, even the feet of the one who was going to betray him later that evening. And that's what Jesus is inviting us to. Because there are more people, the person beside you, in front of you, behind you, they need to experience that kind of love. A love that walks up that hill, carrying a cross, bearing all of its shame. That's what Jesus wants to bear through you. Because when you experience that kind of love, it humbles you. And it takes your breath away. And the thing I know about this kind of love is we can't do it on our own. We can't love like that on our own. It's not within us. That's why we have to remain connected to the vine. That's why we have to remain connected to his love so that he can produce that love 
through us. And as we start this week of Holy Week, I just wanted to take a moment where we are taking communion, because that's the thing that Jesus, in this evening, in this teaching, he was having that iconic Last Supper with his followers. And this was a moment where Jesus redefined what their life was to look like. How they were going to live connected to him. And I just want us to close tonight just making a recommitment to him. Making that recommitment to maybe God's asking you to to redefine what it looks like to remain in him or how you need to obey and to follow through. And let's take this cup and this bread and make it a recommitment to him. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you so much that you are the broken bread and the poured out wine for us. That you gave your life so that we could experience the full depth of your love. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just come and that you would speak to hearts and minds about the step that they are to take this week. Whether it's finding time to abide, to spend time in your presence, to spend time in your word. Lord, just allowing you to speak a word to the one that's weary, the one that needs a reframing of their, of their life. Or, Lord, if there's a step of obedience where we just need to go all in with you, Lord, I pray that you would come and reveal that step to them right now. Or, Lord, if we just need to open up and allow your love to flow through us, for you to bear your fruit of love through us. Would you come and just birth a new sense of that love in us tonight? Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.